Hi, I'm Gerard Corcoran. This is Hassle Talks. We often hear about uh, the effect of disruption on the design industry and, and by extension on our clients. The emergence of new technology, new competitors, increasingly complex projects, digitization, new skills and capabilities. We even see converging interests across a variety of creative service providers. And we see the developing expectations of our clients. The creative industries are not immune and probably have a huge amount to gain by proactively dealing with these dynamics. One of those dynamics is the emergence of big data analytics, something that which would just become increasingly available to the point of being ubiquitous. One only has to think of the Internet of Things, sensors in buildings, social media and telecommunications data. It represents huge opportunities and challenges for clients across a range of industries and sectors. One of the key challenges is how to take that big data and interpret it and create insights from it that lead to actions which infuse the design process and the life of buildings, places and spaces designed for clients. To help us think through some of these issues, I'd like to introduce Narayan Ubichel founder and CEO of Place Intelligence, one of Hassel's key partners. Thanks, Gerard. It's a pleasure to join Hassel Talks. Well, thanks, Narayan, and welcome. Our clients, quite rightly, want insights that explore and optimize the, the value that their projects create. I mean, whether that's social or cultural or economic value, or even if we talk about beauty or well-being for the, for the people that use those places or buildings. And they want to do so increasingly through uh, an evidence-supported, data-driven, but still creative design process. So what do you think the potential is for clients and designers who are engaged with creating those places, spaces and cities by bringing data, insight and design together? I mean, how does it play out for clients? What are, what are the benefits? What's amazing is that many other sectors have had access to uh, diverse sources of, of information that they can call on to create insights and intelligence to drive their decision making. And the built environment sector is one of the next uh, areas that's going to see rapid change and adoption of technologies to better understand who we're designing for and uh, use that data to create better places and experiences for people around the world. So for example, in a recent project between Hassel and Place Intelligence, our aim was to understand the patterns of place use and movement at the International Convention Center in Sydney. And to do this, we used one year of mobile device signal data that was seen across the site and within the buildings to understand how people used places how they use the retail environments, how they use the different aspects of the public realm to understand what's driving user behavior and linking that back to design strategy and design intent. When clients see 36 months of footfall data expressed as an activity heat map, and they, it reveals and confirms places that they knew were popular or places that they didn't expect to be unpopular, and the result is that we can now validate the type of designs that we're pre prescribing uh, for clients against a big data index. And this really 
this evidence base of being able to look at any location anywhere in the world and analyze years of trend data of how people have used that place, how they feel about it, who used it, um, and how it's performed economically really enables clients to have a lot more confidence in the decision-making process and generate strategies and actions as a consequence of that. What do you think designers bring to this process? You know, we've got this, this big data, you've talked about a layer of interpretation maybe, but is there anything else that you could highlight that you know, designers can bring to this interaction between what designers do and what this big data is revealing? Yeah, what's really interesting in, in that line of thought is that designers inherently solve complex, multi-layered challenges through design thinking and have already been using many, many data sources to inform that process. And so the intersection of big data and design thinking is where we can really unlock the power um, and creativity that designers bring and the influence that they bring uh, to solutions for different client types. So for example, um, if a landscape architect understands the patterns of footfall and user behavior linked to audience sentiment and the types of people that are there, they are now empowered to create solutions that match the audience that are informed by the patterns of footfall, not only in the location that they're designing, but also in reference to other locations from around the world that they might be calling on as case studies. Designers know which questions to ask, which will inform the types of data that's required to come up with insights. And the role of the designer is really where cutting edge artificial intelligence and machine learning is attempting to get to. And that is around this idea of prescriptive analytics. And this is in data science where artificial intelligence can not only predict what's likely to happen, but prescribe a solution uh, that will work. The thing is that in an evidence-based world where we find ourselves today, those uh, prescriptive solutions really need solid evidence to back it up. And that's where big data is playing an increasing role in the design process. And so clients who are seeking to better understand how decisions are being made by designers can rest assured, you know, if designers are pulling on diverse big data from around the world, validating case studies and design precedents uh, by mining, you know, a global index of cities and places. And this is something that Place Intelligence has been pioneering in the built environment spaces. How can we really understand which data layers we can bring together to create an evidence baseline that we can use to empower design and decision-making? It's only through that engagement with the designer and the data and the client you know, working together that I think this idea of a competitive advantage for the client starts to emerge. You know, in doing that, they can they can really optimize um, the way that their project is is 
is being delivered, the value that comes out of it. Mm. But also for me, it's important that it allows designers to start talking meaningfully about a more objective basis for the social or cultural or economic value that really smart and creative design can generate. You know, it's a it's a different form of discussion that we can have with clients and it's a, a, a you know a much more tangible basis for the relationship, which I think is a really exciting development. Now Ryan, if you if you take all of that um, you know in, into your consideration, I mean if you were going to pick one or two really significant opportunities that this presented for clients, you know, moving beyond the, the government client and the sort of urban design realm, what, what would you pick? What would you highlight? All these different sectors really have over, overlapping requirements, right? You need to understand who your audiences are so you can better meet their needs. You need to understand how places and spaces are used so you can optimize their outcomes. You know, in the university sector, for example, um, we've been indexing every university campus across Australia to better understand uh, the interrelationships between campuses and cities, for example. Uh, we, we did a recent analysis of a major university that, that looked to, you know, understand how do universities contribute to their neighbors? And, and what we did was we used de-identified mobile device data to understand, you know, the, the movement of people at lunchtime and where do they leave the campus and go to? And, and, and in the analysis, we discovered that, you know, 25% of all people go off campus for lunch, which equals, you know, between 12 and, and $15 million of economic spend off the campus. So if you're trying to optimize on-campus economics, having this data at your fingertips becomes incredibly important. Narayan, just thinking about transport for a second, it seems to me that if you're in, for instance, a public-private partnership environment, a PPP environment, that this sort of rich data overlaid with some really disciplined design insight gives you potentially more objective, more structured basis on which to infuse those PPP-type projects. That seems to me to be quite an advantageous environment for this sort of approach and this sort of work. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the more evidence we can bring to the equation, um, the, the better our design solutions can be. Having access to a global index of cities and places and all the data within it means that we also have to learn how to use that information. And so part of the partnership with Hassel has really allowed place intelligence to better understand, you know, the types of problems that designers face um, to uncover the data that's needed to solve them. I mean, what's your view about the, the next few years? Where do, you, where do you see the next steps going? I mean, is it more in terms of artificial intelligence? Um, dealing with large amounts of data and then designers continuing to overlay that sort of creative and in interpretation and asking of the right questions. I mean, wh where do you see this headed? You know, as we first make big data available in a usable format, designers will increasingly rely on these deep levels of information to inform 
solutions. But then of course, as we better index design typologies, we index different cities and places, and we blend all these data layers together, um, we can really start relying on you know, predictive and prescriptive analytics born out of artificial intelligence and machine learning frameworks to run scenario models. So the rapid you know, concept design process, instead of producing two or three concept design iterations, we now have the ability to produce and test unlimited design iterations that may actually come out of you know, computer software. And the designer's role is still to ensure that their, the human experience at the human level is inserted into those computer-generated solutions, right? So if we look at you know, the current status of digital twins and parametric modeling, you know, th these solutions are great, but ultimately a human being, a designer has to sign off that the solution is actually something that will stand up and stand the test of time. It seems to me, as long as that big data analysis is being properly interpreted and, is, and the right quality of insight is being drawn, then it would liberate designers to do great design rather than constrained designers. Most importantly, because it means that their engagement with clients can be clear, can be evidence-based, can be really engaging, can really drive you know, a much higher quality of prospective outcome, which ultimately is going to be much more in line with the desires and needs of the people that have to engage with those places and buildings. Yeah, we've, we can now retroactively audit designs and design strategies from around the world. Often as architects and urban designers and landscape architects, our role is really in the front end of envisioning, designing, and documenting solutions. But we don't have a role in monitoring, measuring, and operating our solutions. And so by accessing big data, we can now retroactively assess design solutions and design strategies over many, many years, allowing us to generate deep intelligence and deep insights of how those solutions actually performed. And this gives clients increasing assurance that the solutions that are being prescribed are actually best practice and in the best interest of the community and audience members that will use them into the future. No, I agree. I mean, it has to in be infused by that human perspective because surely ultimately, you know, the most powerful and enduring design requires insight about what matters most to people. There are themes that are going to be discussed and debated and acted on over the, the next few years. I think it's been, you know, a great insight to what Place Intelligence does and how we work together with you at, at, at Hassel. You know, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for your own <laughs> insight in, into, this, into this topic. Thanks, Gerard. Hassel is also delving into issues like data-driven design in pieces we post regularly on our website. 
So make sure you check that out at www.hasslestudio.com. You've been listening to an episode of Hassle Talks. If you've enjoyed this conversation and would like to hear more, please subscribe and check out our other episodes. Thank you for listening.